Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Why is the murder victim is Ida Mae Cernay. Next day, the responsibility of the investigation of the crime passes to the Los Angeles Police Department. When Deputy Sheriff William Bright, during a visit to the Cernay's home discovers evidence that the crime was committed there. Within a half hour, Inspector Davidson and Lieutenant Silkis joined Bright at the little house on Laclede Avenue. Well, Captain, here we are. What's first? Your case, Inspector. Yeah. Well, that's not sign of murder here in the living room. Perhaps not, but look into the bedroom here. Good Lord. Shambles. Hmm. Uh... Come on, just go over this room for fingerprints. Finger, you want these blood-stained bed sheets for analysis? Yeah. I'd better cut away sections of this woodwork, too. Oh, go ahead. Looks like whoever did it dumped out the contents of the suitcase from the way those clothes are strewn around the bed. Yeah, looks that way. Hmm. Yeah, here's a cushion from a rumble seat. Yeah, it's getting easier to reconstruct this crime every minute. As I read your thoughts, whoever did it killed her here. And put the body into the rumble seat of the car and drove it out to the desert. That's about it. Well, I don't know whose car you'll be looking for, but here's a line on one car. What's this? A payment notice from the finance company for monthly installments on Cerny's car. You wouldn't be looking for that one, would you, Inspector? Well, you never can tell, Captain. You never can tell. It'd be a good thing to get the license number from the finance company anyway. I'd sort of like to talk to Cerny. Well, in any case, you'll want to talk to Ida May's cousin. Cousin? Yeah. Where she live? Just two doors down the street. While the fingerprint expert and the photographer are taking care of the routine matters at the Cerny residence, Inspector Davidson interviews Ida May's cousin. Why, I talked to Ida May on the night of the 18th. She and Gus were getting ready to go to Palm Springs to look for work, and she wanted to borrow a cord for her electric iron. So I lent it to her, and I told her to bring it right back, but she didn't. And I needed it to make calls uh, in the morning. Just a minute, ma'am. Uh, you didn't see her after the 18th? No. I sent a boy over after the cord, but there was no one at home, so I suppose she'd gone off to Palm Springs like she said she was going to do. Oh, weren't you worried when you didn't hear from her? Oh, no. Gus and I to me often went away and stayed a week without writing to anyone. Mm. Did they ever fight with each other? No. They always seemed very happy together. Oh, but I heard an argument once. Oh. Well, not really a fight, but Gus couldn't understand why Ida May didn't try to get some of the money that was coming to her from an estate or I don't know something. Oh. 
You've inherited some money, eh? Well, oh, yes, but, oh, you know, it was tied up in some way or another. And Ghost thought she should try to get it right away because they were both broke. Well, of course, it's none of my business. possible motive in this inheritance business. It may be that Ida May came into some money and Gus killed her for it. Yes, that's a possibility, Inspector. I've obtained a number of Gus Ernie's cars from the finance company and I've wired all the inspection stations at the board of the state to be on the lookout for him. Until he shows up to prove his innocence, he looks like the guilty party to me. Well, I can't find any other possible suspects in the case. Uh, I want you to go out and interview this attorney. Uh, here's his name and address. He's supposed to be handling Ida May's inheritance. See what he knows about it and report back to me as soon as you can. Yes, sir. Why, yes, Lieutenant, I'm handling an inheritance for Mrs. Sunny. What does it consist of? Well, an aunt of hers died some time ago in Eaton, Ohio, and left her a tidy little sum, several thousand dollars, which she was to get when she became 21. Yes. Well, Mrs. Sunny came to me recently and asked me to try to get her an advance of $800. Uh, 400 of this was to be put into the down payment of their car and the remainder to be used for monthly payments. Was Mr. Sunny aware of this? Oh, yes, yes. Matter of fact, he was quite agreeable to it. That is, uh, to the down payment, but... I believe they had some argument about the use of the other 400. Is that so? Uh, yes. <laughs> it seems Cerny uh, wanted to use it for living expenses, and Ida May insisted that he should try harder to get some work. <laughs> well, was she in possession of any large sum of money at the time of her death? Mm, no, not to my knowledge. That is, uh, certainly not from the estate. Thank you, Mr. Shoemaker. What you've told us clears up one angle of the investigation. Following the interview with the attorney, Gilchrist travels to the scene of the crime accompanied by San Bernardino deputy sheriffs and the photographer. Minutely, they investigate the wheel tracks made by the murder car. There's a big difference in the tracks of these two rear tires. Notice, Sheriff, that although they're worn smooth in the center, you can see the bead at the side. See, the right rear has a sort of a knobby tread, and the left rear has a diamond-shaped one. Oh, that's right, Lieutenant. Uh, we can only find a blue Chrysler Roadster. It'll be a cinch to spot it by the tires. But why he went to such an effort to cart the body all the way out here is beyond me. Well, Lieutenant, any desert rat should tell you that. Why, what's the answer? Simple. See these prints in the sand here around the spot where the body was found? Yes. Howdy tracks. Hmm. They live north there on those low hills. The wind was fortunately coming from that direction up until the time we found the body. And then it shifted to the south and the coyotes came. Now, if the wind had been right, the murderer of that woman would be beyond any possibility of capture. All that would have been left here would be a pile of bones. Upon his return to headquarters, Silkus is summoned to Inspector Davidson's office. Uh, 
just received word from you, workers, that our blue Chrysler Roadster license number 1Z81062 there at 4 a.m. October 20th. Good. Who was driving it? Well, they don't take the names down there anymore. They ought to make our work easier. Well, according to the investigations you've made, what city does Cerny live in? Just a minute. I've got the list here someplace. Yeah, here it is. He's lived in Chicago, Miami, Denver, Oklahoma City, El Paso, San Antonio, Ames, Iowa, and Heron, Illinois. All right. Send a telegram to the chief of police in each of those cities asking him to arrest Gus Cerny for murder. to discover more definitely what Cerny's destination might be, Silkus once more interviews Gus's brother-in-law. Well, Mr. Harris, we've gotten word that Gus's car went through Yuma on the morning of the 20th. Well, that looks bad, doesn't it? The newspaper we found in the house on the Cleed Street was dated the 18th. That would seem to establish a murder around that date. Two days later, he leaves the state. Anyway, we've asked the police in every town he's lived in to be on the lookout for him to arrest him for murder. Well, if he did this thing, I want to see him brought back and prosecuted to the fullest extent. We police officers seldom meet an attitude like that, Mr. Harris. Well, what do you mean? Well, blood is thicker than water. Yes, I know. Of course, Gus is only my brother-in-law. But when I say I want to see him answer for this crime if he did it, I speak for my wife as well as Gus's other brothers. That's fine, Mr. Harris, and it's going to make our job easier. Now, tell me, is there any more light you can throw on this case? Well, there's one thing that you might want to know. What's that? It's something the family had agreed to keep quiet about. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, Gus married a girl named Mary Young in Carbondale, Illinois. Later, he deserted her and her baby and came to California. He met Ida May and married her in Tijuana. About three months ago, Gus and Ida May went east for a visit. Now, I don't know whether Ida May found out about it then or not. But when Gus came back, he said he was afraid Mary's family would make trouble for him and Ida May. So, he's a bigamist in any case. Yes, I guess that's right. Well, thanks for that piece of dope, Mr. Harris. We'll wire Carbondale and find out if he's been there. Bill Cook wires Carbondale authorities, and two days later, he excitedly enters Davidson's office. Well, Inspector, the trail's getting hot. What do you got? Telegram from the chief at Carbondale. What does it say? Gus Cerny here, October 23rd. Left, same night. Believed headed for Chicago. Good. Why the Chicago police? Now, wait a minute, Inspector. Hmm? They're not sure he's headed for Chicago. And anyway, we've already asked Chicago as well as those other towns to look for him. Well? I found out today that Gus Cerny borrowed $10 from a gang foreman when he couldn't get his paycheck on the 19th. He's hard up. He's going to wire his family here for money as sure as I'm a day old. Fine. Then in that case, make arrangements with Western Union to send us any telegrams addressed to any members of the Cerny family. Well, but the family will cooperate. Mr. Harris said he'd let us know just as soon as they got work. Just the same, Silkis. We don't depend on that. Line up the Western Union and get any telegrams that are coming before they do. 